I'm Romano Giorgi. Welcome to the Much Better You 3 in 15 podcast. This podcast packs three life-bettering, easy-to-grasp principles into weekly 15-minute episodes. These life hacks are designed to improve your mental, social, and financial health and wealth. Give the next 15 your full and undivided attention, for the Much Better You is waiting. Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of the Much Better You 3 in 15 podcast. How's things with you this week? Are you having a good, a not so good, or a hmm kind of week? Well, not so good or meh are just not acceptable when our time on this ball made of space rock, water, and magma is so short and so fleeting. Perhaps then you should consider practicing gratitude on a daily basis. For instance, when me and the missus go to bed at night, oi oi, we very often will list 10 things each that we are grateful for from that day. Today, for instance, so far, I'm grateful for the nice coffee and breakfast I shared with my wife, the good morning message my mum sent me on Facebook Messenger, the sunshine outside that made my cycle to work much more pleasant, the lunch break I shared with my work colleagues, and the wonderful catch-up phone call from my mate Joe that really made my day. Plus, I am grateful that I'm able to create this podcast for you, my friend. What are you grateful for today? If you knew that you would only ever spend one last weekend with your parent, partner or child, for instance, how much more would you save that weekend? How much more grateful would you be for that weekend? I'm thinking much, much more grateful, as every small thing would become much more significant. And I suspect your Instagram feed or bank banners, for instance, would likely become less significant. And so, as I'll touch on again later on in this episode, given that our time is finite and that most of us have no idea how much time we have left, surely it would make the most sense not to take any weekend, day or moment with our loved ones for granted. And so you can do this by gratefully reflecting on your day at the end of each day, in bed perhaps, or maybe by writing these reflections down in a journal. So that the next time you are feeling like the world is against you, you can throw open that notebook and remind yourself why you are in fact blessed. Greater inner peace and fulfilment comes with greater gratitude. Surely then, the key to greater inner peace is applying this gratitude across as many aspects of your life as you can. Please try not to take anything for granted, especially this episode 10, which will be the final episode of season 1 of the 3 in 15 podcast. Don't worry. I'll be back. I'm going to take a summer break where I'll be spending some time reflecting on how I can improve this podcast, how I can promote it better, sort out the muchbetteryou.com website and so on. I've had loads of requests in, for instance, suggesting that I should stop. I mean, start interviewing guests, which is something I shall look into, most likely for season three or four onwards. I'd like to get you the best people that I possibly can, and so I'd like this podcast to gain some traction first that would attract these guests for you. In fact, why not send me some guest requests, within relevant reason of course, and I'll see if I can get these guys on. 
But anyway, season two of the 3 in 15 podcast will be back with you in early 2023. So if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the 3 in 15 podcast on your favorite podcast platform so that you'll get an alert when season two lands. Of course, follow me on social media too at 3 and 15 Podcast or join the 3 and 15 Podcast Facebook discussion, resources and updates group. And finalement, Set. I'll be releasing a book based on the principles and preambles of season one. So do also look out for that as I intend to have it out in time for Christmas Prezi season. Now, in season one's final episode, I'm going to talk about why a positive mindset is much better for you and those around you. Why learning to say no is one of the best self-preservation tools out there. And finally, I'll talk about why it's so important that you do not take your time for granted. Okay, unless you are in Jurassic Park and busy taunting a caged velociraptor that has at the very same moment just figured out how to escape from its enclosure in order to inflict its revenge, sit back, relax and plug in. This will feel a little weird. Episode 10, Principle 1, Focus on the Positive Simon Sinek, author and speaker, once spoke about a time when he and a friend were attending some busy event. I don't quite remember where it was in the US or even what the event was, but I do remember that the event organisers were handing out free bagels to the crowd. Not surprisingly, there were long queues where lots of people wanted to get their free bagels. Sinek grabbed his friend and said that they should get in line also. When his friend realised how long the waiting time was, he said that they should leave instead, to which Senek replied, but I want my free bagel. His friend said, yeah, but the long queue, to which Senek said, free bagel, free bagel. <laughs> Essentially, while Senek's mate could only see the inconvenient queue, Senek could only see the prize that awaited them should they be patient enough. The point Senek assigned to this story was that the perspectives were completely different. They were both seeing the same thing. They merely had different views. It's a bit like two people climbing the same mountain. One sees the hard work that's ahead of him or her, whilst the other one sees the prize that awaits, the summit. One is focusing on the how, whilst the other is focusing on the why. As was said in episode 5, principle 1, focus on your why. Your why should come before your what or your how. And I genuinely believe that those people that primarily focus on their why are the most positive and proactive people amongst us. They are not deluded, nor are they ignorant of the challenges that lie ahead of them. They just realise that the prize beyond their challenges justifies their challenges. And be honest with yourself. Would you rather surround yourself with positive or negative people? Hello? Positive people should be your answer because they bring out the best in you too. They bring out your positive attributes. I've said this before, but you should cut negative people out of your life. Or if you can't completely cut them out, for instance, a family member, at least try to minimise contact with them. And of course, this means that you should strive to be the positive person in other people's lives too. Kane Ramsey, the author and psychologist that I mentioned in previous episodes, describes in one of his online life coaching courses some core skills that he employs when he counsels people. One of these skills is being positive outcome focused. This is because many people will focus on the negative, on the past, and so it's imperative that a counsellor or coach is positive outcome focused. 
By looking forward, e.g. by asking questions that get people to stop looking at the things that they don't want, but instead start focusing on the things that they do want. For instance, one powerful counselling strategy that Ramsey describes is to listen out for when someone describes negative things that have happened to them in the past that they will dwell on, negative things that they will allow to define how they are. He will then respond by asking whether there are any lessons that they can learn from in the past that they can then build into their future. And he says it's amazing how many people are blown away by this, as they will quite literally shift their perspective right in front of him. Sadly, being positive outcome focused goes against how society often will think. Office gossip, for instance, is rarely positive. Paraphrasing what Ramsey says, this is why the news is only geared towards negative things. Because that is how society is set up. 126,000 died as the result of the damage done. As I explained way back when in episode 1's preamble, this is why you should try not to watch the news if you can help it, and most especially not if you suffer from anxiety or a low mood, for instance. The role of a coach or counsellor is therefore to shift people's focus away from the doom and gloom. This is a simple yet fundamental tool that anyone can use to help others. So why is positive thinking so important? Because according to VeryWellMind.com, it can have a beneficial impact on both physical and mental well-being. Those of us that tend to have a more positive life outlook would more generally cope better with stress, have improved immunity and have a longer life expectancy. And needless to say, a positive mindset will promote greater feelings of happiness and fulfilment. Now, let me defend humanity a little bit here. Fear is hardwired into all of us because it is an ancient survival tool for when we were hunter-gatherers. The problem is, outside of the more extreme life-death scenarios, this ancient instinct is less necessary nowadays. But it persists nonetheless, and so will create our needless stresses, anxieties, and any inevitable mental health issues. So how do we work on developing a more positive outlook or mindset? Top tips. As I touched on in the preamble, practicing gratitude is a powerful tool here. Don't forget to regularly recap on all the things that you should be grateful for every day or night, be it by using a gratitude journal, for instance, or by actively discussing with friends or loved ones. As per episode two, principle two, watch yourself talk, studies by Cross, Park, Moser et al. have shown that positive self-talk will positively impact on emotion and will better equip you to handle stress. And finally, as the wonderful motivational speaker Jim Rohn once famously said, stand guard at the door of your mind. This means that you should pay attention to the thoughts that you have each day. And should your thoughts be negative, strive to replace or reframe them with more positive thoughts. For instance, rainy weather brings my mood down sometimes, so I'll reframe it. Today was so hot and humid, the rain has cooled everything down again, so I'll sleep better tonight. Or I don't need to water my plants today. Or the sound of rain can be quite relaxing to listen to when I'm in bed. And try to remember the following important fact. Thoughts are just thoughts. I repeat, thoughts are just thoughts. Sometimes we just can't control what pops into our heads. This is normal. Everyone has bad or negative thoughts, some days more than others. We all have negative thoughts that we wouldn't dare share with others for fear that they would be shocked or that they would harshly judge us. 
But we can choose whether to validate those negative thoughts or not, whether we wish to feel guilty or not, whether these thoughts serve us or not. And if they don't, learn to replace or reframe them. Stand guard at the door of your mind. And by the way, for balance, positive thinking can have its occasional downsides. Being unable to accept any negative emotions whatsoever, aka toxic positivity, can also have a negative effect on mental well-being. So, while it is important to have an overall positive outlook, look to manage your expectations by being realistic in your approach. Don't set the bar too high too soon. Instead, raise it incrementally. Focus on the positive. Episode 10, Principle 2. Say no more. Do you find saying no to people difficult or challenging? If so, you are not alone. Many of us would rather say yes to things, things we would prefer not to do, simply to avoid the discomfort of saying no. As I have described previously, it is in all our interests to get along with others. We are herd animals after all. As part of our hunter-gatherer origins, we had to codepend on others to survive. And so, much like the stress or fear described in today's Principle 1, we are hardwired to feel or act in particular ways that may no longer serve us so well in these modern times as they were designed to in more ancient, saber-toothed tiger times. Or perhaps we just don't want to hurt other people's feelings. Or we'll be worried that our boss will think us inefficient if we don't take on more tasks at work. Or we genuinely want to help others, even if we don't have the capacity to do so. There are so many reasons why we'll be inauthentic when we say yes to things that we'd rather not do. But the problem is, this is not healthy. For we are not properly considering our own needs, wants or self-preservation. This is the self-preservation society. I'm not saying that everyone should be completely self-serving, of course. I'm saying that, as was best said by psychiatrist Dr. Nicole Washington, saying no is one of the best forms of self-care that we can engage in. Why? Because saying no supports us in creating space in our schedule to rest and recharge. Saying no supports us in engaging in activities that align with our goals or desires. And saying no enables us to set boundaries with friends, loved ones or colleagues. Essentially, we are better able to live a more fulfilling life on our own terms. So, how will we know when we should be saying no or yes? Well, according to psychcentral.com, and that is P-S-Y-C-H-Central.com, you should ask yourself the following questions anytime you are not sure how to proceed. Will saying yes prevent me from doing something else that is more important? Does this project, opportunity or activity align with my values, beliefs or goals? Will saying yes make me more tired or likely to burn out? Will saying yes be good for my mental health? And when am I more likely to accept a request that I'd much rather decline? How can I reduce these challenges? Okay, so if we decide that it's not in our interest to say yes, how do we best go about saying no? According to Inc.com, here's some effective strategies. Just say it. Don't beat about the bush or offer crap excuses, as this may provide persistent others with an opening. Don't delay. Provide a brief explanation if you must. The less said the better, but don't feel compelled. Be assertive and courteous. For instance, 
I appreciate you asking me for help, but I'm stretched too thin right now. Or, thank you so much for thinking of me, but that's not going to work for me. Set boundaries. People sometimes struggle to say no because they haven't taken the time to evaluate their relationships, nor understand their role within the relationship. When you truly understand the dynamics and your role, you'll be your true, authentic self, and so you won't feel as worried about saying no. Put the question back onto the person asking. This is particularly useful in a work environment, for instance. If your boss is asking you to do too many tasks that you are unable to handle, you might say, I'm happy to do X, Y and Z. However, I'll need three weeks rather than two to do a good job. How would you like me to prioritise them? In this way, you will have created a win-win situation where your boss ultimately gets what he or she wants, while you can achieve the desired outcome more comfortably and with less pressure. And finally, be selfish. Put your needs first, for if you don't, your productivity will wane and you will become resentful. Let us learn from our billionaire investor genius mate, Warren Buffett, who said... The difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything. Say no more. Episode 10, Principle 3. Use your time well. Stephen Bartlett, star of Dragon's Den UK and the podcast Diary of a CEO, has an interesting way of allocating his time to things that I think you'll find useful because it may enable you to better prioritise the more important things in your life. Essentially, Bartlett will treat the hours in his day as casino chips. Hence, we have 24 chips every day. So the returns or the quality of life you get are based on how you place your chips on the metaphorical roulette table. For instance, you use eight chips on sleep, leaving you 16 chips. So you might then commit two chips to connections with family and friends. Nine chips go on work. One chip goes on walking your dog or spending time in nature, etc, etc. And the roulette wheel of life keeps spinning and it shows you the returns on your chips. This is deciding your life. The only thing we have control of in our life, the only thing within the centre point of our influence, is how we use these chips. There is no real other currency in life other than these chips. And unlike other forms of currency, once time has been spent, you cannot get it back. And yet, as per episode 1, principle 3, live in the now, and without going into Stephen Hawkins' territory, time is merely a human construct that we use to measure out, make sense of, or organise the world or universe around us. Time enables us to calculate with a high degree of accuracy when we are likely to see Haley's Comet again, or when I need to take the taxi to the airport to make my flight. Anyway, you will need to play these finite chips as well as you possibly can in order to live your best, most fulfilling life. And by the way, in all the life coaching, investment and entrepreneur type training courses or presentations that I've attended, the one thing that all ultra successful people agree on is that time is our most precious commodity. And so whatever you do in your life, and if you take nothing else from this podcast episode, prioritise spending or using your time well. So you will need to consider your opportunity costs. This means that whenever you decide to play your chips or invest time in a particular activity, this comes at the expense of something else, at the expense of some other opportunity. 
For instance, you cannot play both football and tennis at the same time next Monday night at 7 o'clock. If you play tennis, then that comes at the expense of not playing football. Or if you take on a full-time five-year postgraduate medical degree, you will likely be unable to do a full-time history degree, travel the world for six months, or become a full-time cast member of EastEnders. Opportunity cost. So what is important to you? Ignoring everything else that has happened in your life up until this moment, what is important to you in going forward now? How best should you spend your time? Well, needless to say, we are all different and so we have differing priorities. Maybe you have kids, maybe you don't have kids, maybe you've just retired from your job or maybe you're just starting out in a new career. With so many options, choices or opportunities out there, how do we optimise our use of time for the maximum return? Chris Bailey, productivity guru and author of articles in lifehack.org, proposes a number of simple ways to make the most of our time. Top tips. Slow down. While this may sound counterintuitive, Bailey says that when you slow things down, what you actually do becomes more meaningful. For instance, you can drive through a beautiful forest in your car, listening to the radio and whilst chatting to your friend in the passenger seat. And before you realise it, you're out of the forest and it's like you were never there. Walk through the forest alone, however. You better take in all of its beauty, sounds and smells without distraction. And so what you were doing became more meaningful. Slowing down brings more meaning to how you spend your time, be it going for a walk, playing a guitar, reading a book or spending time with a loved one. Structure your free time. According to Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi in his book Flow, midday Sunday is the unhappiest hour in America because that's when people are the least productive. He argues that when we don't structure our time, we ruminate or we do pointless stuff. Structuring even your free time is proven to make you more motivated, focused and ultimately happier because it gives you direction and purpose. Do less. When you do fewer things, you spread your time over less and so you have much more of yourself to give to the things that you do do. This enables you to do these things better and so you will feel more productive. Prioritise the things that matter most. Tying into the idea of doing fewer things, Bailey thinks that the only way to make sure you get the most out of your time is to start with what matters the most to you and then working backwards from there to the things that matter least. So many people wing their way through each day on autopilot, not thinking about whether how they're spending their time will produce meaningful results. And finally, just think about how quickly we use up our chips on a daily basis. Appreciating just how little time you have will let you put the time you do have to better use. As I said at the start of this episode, savour each moment as if it were your last, for you just don't know how close your last moment is. Try not to waste these precious chips on things that don't matter. Use your time well. Congratulations. You made it to the end of episode 10 of the 3 in 15 podcast to the end of season one in which I covered the following three principles. Focus on the positive, say no more and use your time well. You may remember that episode one, principle one was invest in your sleep while episode 10 has just concluded with the principle use your time well. This was by design. 
You see, healthy sleep is the foundation upon which so many of the other principles here are built, while time is our most valuable commodity. So if you intend to incorporate any season one principles into your life, I'd say these two are fairly good starting points. If you haven't already done so, and if you have time, of course, please subscribe to the Much Better You 3 in 15 podcast. And do please leave me some positive reviews on whichever podcast platform you use, as this will help to raise my profile and more people will therefore discover and benefit from it too. Please also follow my at 3 in 15 podcast Twitter and Instagram accounts and join the 3 in 15 podcast Facebook group. In that way, you can contribute to discussions, suggest future guests or episode topics, and of course, get notified on when season two is landing. As I mentioned earlier, this will likely be sometime in 2023, perhaps in January or February, once I've come up with some more content. The muchbetteryou.com website shall be up and running also. And finally, I'll be releasing a book based on the principles and preambles of season one. So do also look out for that. A Christmas present idea, perhaps? Wait, wait, that's not saying a Okay. This season one's final thought is a D.H. Lawrence quote. Life is ours to be spent, not to be saved. I repeat, life is ours to be spent, not to be saved. Thank you so much for listening and joining me on this journey that was my first dabble into mental health awareness podcasts. I hope you enjoyed listening to them half as much as I enjoy creating them for you. This season one is dedicated to my mum and dad. Take care of yourself, my friend, and I'll see you soon for season two. Onward and upward. Oh.